Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the plot to kidnap a governor foiled by the FBI. The stunning details involving a boat to escape, explosives to distract, and firearms training to prepare. Terrorism, conspiracy, and weapons charges against 13 men for an alleged plan to abduct Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. I knew this job would be hard. But I'll be honest, I never could have imagined anything like this. Tonight, why law enforcement says the men wanted to storm the state capitol and start a civil war. President Trump backs out of the next debate, rejecting a virtual town hall. He suggests hosting a rally instead. The president says he feels cured. But with so many questions about his health, Speaker Nancy Pelosi makes a dramatic announcement about a constitutional measure to remove the president from office. As COVID cases surge, New York City reimposes lockdowns in some neighborhoods, leading to protests and the new lawsuits tonight by religious groups against the coronavirus restrictions. State of emergency, which is 24 hours until landfall Hurricane Delta strengthening tonight. Thousands evacuate as Louisiana faces another direct hit just weeks after Category 4 Laura. Close encounter, the incredible video of a great white shark coming within inches of a surfer. I'm pretty happy that I walked over here on on two legs. And neighbors to the rescue. The kids can't go to school, so a community is bringing a little bit of school to them. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. There are a number of stories developing as we come on the air, including President Trump's refusal to participate in next week's debate after it was changed to a virtual town hall. 
And that new forecast for Hurricane Delta, which is now bearing down on the Gulf Coast as a Category 3 storm. But we are going to begin tonight with the breaking news out of Michigan as state and federal investigators say they've broken up this elaborate domestic terror plot designed to overthrow Michigan's government and kidnap or kill Governor Gretchen Whitmer while she was away on vacation. Now, in an indictment that reads like a movie script, prosecutors say members of a militia group met in secret underground room and used encrypted communications to hatch their plans, raising money online and training with firearms and explosives over the summer. Prosecutors say that this group was angered by Whitmer after she refused to loosen statewide coronavirus regulations earlier this year. Well, tonight, Governor Whitmer, who drew fire from President Trump for her response to the pandemic, is now accusing Trump of being complicit because she says he refuses to condemn white supremacists and hate groups. There's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents standing by to cover it all. CBS's Jeff Begay is going to lead us off tonight from the Department of Justice. Good evening, Jeff. Nora, investigators say the plot was designed to come to a head right around Election Day. The militia members spent the summer trying to recruit like-minded members and preparing for that attack. One of them allegedly said that he wanted to see the world glow. Investigators say plans for the kidnapping had been in the works for months, put in motion by a group of militia members, some of whom met during armed protests at the state's capital in June. The alleged conspirators are extremists who undertook a plot to kidnap a sitting governor. According to court papers, the militia members discussed the need for 200 men to storm the Michigan Capitol building, take hostages, including the governor, who they would try for treason in a kangaroo court. The planning took place in a room hidden under a trap door. The group eventually decided to kidnap Whitmer either at her personal vacation home or the governor's official summer residence and try to blow up a bridge and escape by boat. Adam Fox, one of the alleged ringleaders, described it as a snatch and grab in communication being monitored by the FBI with the help of undercover operatives. The alleged conspirators used operational security measures, including communicating by encrypted messaging platforms. But the suspects were also visible in videos online. And in social media posts expressing right-wing views and support for Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old who has been charged with shooting and killing two people during the protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, racially motivated violent extremists over recent years have been responsible for the most lethal activity in the U.S. Tonight, Governor Whitmer is thanking law enforcement for breaking up the plot. Bigotry and violence have no place in the great state of Michigan. If you break the law, we will find you. In recent months, armed groups have taken a stand on state capitol grounds, often targeting Governor Whitmer, insisting that her pandemic policies had gone too far. When our leaders meet with, encourage, or fraternize with domestic terrorists, they legitimize their actions, and they are complicit. In addition to the six arrests, we mentioned seven others arrested as well, charged under the state's anti-terrorism act. Sources tell me this was a credible threat, and that is evident by the amount of resources that the FBI threw at this case. Nora. The incredible details. Jeff Begays, thank you. 
Well, today, President Trump admitted that he was very sick last week when he was flown to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center with COVID-19. Well, now the president says he's feeling great, even as a battle breaks out over whether it's safe for anyone to be on the same debate stage with him. Here's CBS's Ben Tracy. The debate over the debates. President Trump says it's either in person or he's out. No, I'm not going to waste my time on a virtual debate. That's not what debating's all about. You sit behind a computer and do a debate. It's ridiculous. And then they cut you off whenever they want. With a COVID-infected commander-in-chief, the debate commission unilaterally decided next Thursday's town hall, with questions from actual voters, would be done remotely in order to protect the health and safety of all involved. Now Biden will participate in a televised town hall on his own. Both campaigns say they will meet in person on October 22nd, the night scheduled for the third and final debate. The Trump campaign also demanding a debate on October 29th. Biden says no. I'm sticking with the dates. I'm showing up. I'll be there. And in fact, if he shows up fine, if he doesn't, fine. President Trump says he will hold a rally next Thursday. And CBS News has learned he may hit the campaign trail as soon as Monday. But his doctor has not said he's clear of the virus, even though President Trump says he's cured. Because I feel great. I feel like perfect. The president admits to still being on the powerful steroid dexamethasone. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is announcing a commission tomorrow to review his fitness for office. The president is, uh, shall we say, uh, in an altered state right now. The president is now suggesting that he may have contracted the virus from someone at a White House event honoring Gold Star military families last month. They come within an inch of my face sometimes. They want to hug me and they want to kiss me. And they do. And frankly, I'm not telling them to back up. Melinda Kane's son, Lance Corporal Jeremy Kane, was killed in Afghanistan in 2010. It's hurtful. It just Pointing the blame at someone, it, it, it's, it's unnecessary. We've gone through so much. And with polls showing the president's support from seniors cratering. To my favorite people in the world, the seniors. Today he released a video message promising them free coronavirus treatment, but not saying how he would pay for it. And you're going to get it free, no charge. President Trump is also lashing out at some of his most loyal cabinet members. He said today that Attorney General Bill Barr will go down in history as a sad situation if he doesn't indict former President Barack Obama and Joe Biden. He also criticized Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, saying that he needs to find and release Hillary Clinton's deleted emails. Nora. Ben Tracy, thank you. With President Trump in the White House and ailing today, the other three candidates at the top of the ticket campaigned in Arizona. Our CBS News Battleground Tracker poll shows Joe Biden with a five-point edge in the traditionally Republican state. Biden will be the first Democrat to win the Grand Canyon state since 1996. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. With President Trump stuck at the White House, the Democratic ticket isn't slowing down. Campaigning today for the first time together in Arizona and appearing with Cindy McCain, the wife of the former Republican Party nominee. Vice President Pence also visited the Grand Canyon State. Hello, Arizona! The president, meanwhile, took shots from afar at Kamala Harris. This monster that was on stage with uh, Mike Pence was totally unlikable. She's a communist. Biden shot back at the president. It's despicable. so beneath the office of the presidency. And the American people are sick and tired of it. For many voters in Arizona, the president's handling of the pandemic is a top concern. His supporters claim he was unfairly blamed. They're constantly accusing Trump 
for the 210,000 people that have died of coronavirus. First of all, number one, that's not a true number. But polls show the prolonged COVID crisis, and with it the economic downturn, has dragged the president down in the polls. The CBS News battleground tracker shows Biden leading in enough states to get over the 270 electoral votes he'll need to win. He's up in key states, including Florida, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, thanks to growing support among independent voters, women, and senior citizens. Yes, old people are dumb. You know, they can see what's going on. You know, he, Trump has not been a good president. Last night's vice presidential debate gave Pence and Harris a chance to answer questions about taxes, climate change, and race. Instead, they spent most of their time attacking the other, as Harris focused on the administration's response to the pandemic. Well, the American people have witnessed what is the greatest failure of any presidential administration in the history of our country. And Pence tried getting Harris to say whether she and Biden want to add seats to the Supreme Court. If somehow you win this election, going to pack the Supreme Court to get your way. Harris didn't answer the question, and neither did Biden today. They'll know my opinion of court packing when the election is over. One moment many will remember from last night's debate, a fly that sat on the vice president's head for more than a minute. The Biden campaign quickly seized on the moment. And Biden aides say they raised more than $12 million after last night's debate, in part by selling out of the 35,000 fly swatters purchased by supporters. Nora? That's a lot of fly swatters. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. And there's new evidence tonight that the economic recovery has stalled. 840,000 Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week, down from the week before, but not by much. And new coronavirus cases are going up in most of the country. Tonight, a dangerous situation is close to getting out of control in Wisconsin. Here's CBS's Mola Lange. Tonight, Wisconsin is one of the nation's largest coronavirus hotspots. Long lines to get tested and doctors scrambling just to find enough hospital beds. The Thetacare healthcare system in northeast Wisconsin says it's seen about a 500% increase in hospitalizations. More than 200 of its staffers are out sick or in quarantine due to the virus. I only have about five ICU beds left and about uh, 10 medical surgical beds left in my entire health system. New cases are now rising in 31 states. New York and New Jersey reporting the most new cases since May. It is more difficult to deal with respiratory-borne virus as people begin to go indoors more. A lockdown went into effect in several New York City neighborhoods today, sparking another night of protests in Orthodox Jewish communities. Near Boston, Maria Landaverde is now recovering from COVID-19. Eight of her family members have contracted the virus. I imagine once the virus got into the family, the fear must have been tremendous. It was very scary because we didn't know. We thought that we were going to die. Last week, Landaverde's father, Juan Ciprian, did succumb to the virus. The family says he was a supporter of President Trump and refused to wear a mask. He was cremated the day after the president announced his diagnosis. He didn't believe. He didn't believe, and so he kept his life going the same way. This is not, this is not a game. This is something serious. Well, there's been a steady flow of traffic here in Milwaukee at this pop-up drive-in testing site run by the National Guard. This is just today. Wisconsin set single-day records for new cases and hospitalizations. Nora. 
What an interview, Mola. Thank you. Tonight, millions along the Gulf Coast are bracing for Hurricane Delta, now a major Category 3 hurricane. It is expected to make landfall in Louisiana tomorrow afternoon, the record fourth named storm to hit the area this season. And tonight, there's fear that Delta could destroy the few remaining homes those other storms didn't. Here's CBS's Maria Villarreal. Tonight, thousands of Lake Charles residents are being told to get out now with Hurricane Delta set to slam the coast in 24 hours. Cars crowding the city's major escape routes, many schools and businesses shutting down. This city is still recovering from Laura, the Category 4 hurricane that hit just six weeks ago. Blue tarps still covering many roofs. Kathy Connor and her husband are planning to evacuate tomorrow. If we got a lot of rain and all of this debris just starts floating around. That gets dangerous. This is the fifth time Louisiana has been under a state of emergency this hurricane season. Southwest Louisiana is going to get more of a punch from this than we would like to see for sure. Lake Charles Mayor Nick Hunter. To be facing yet another hurricane is just a really scary proposition. The mayor tells me he is worried about all of this turning into projectiles. Right now, the city has picked up more than one and a half million cubic yards of debris. And as you can see, they are clearly far from being done. If you take a look from the sky, you can see exactly what we are seeing on the ground. Block after block looks just like this with blue tarps on top of rooftops that can easily be blown off when that hurricane hits tomorrow. Nora. It's quite a picture, Maria Vidal. Thank you. And there's a new forecast that is just coming in tonight on the track of the storm. So let's bring in CBS's Lonnie Quinn. So, Lonnie, this storm's been pretty unpredictable, right? Oh, man, it's because it's been going up and down. Think about this, Nora. This storm is the record breaker for going from a tropical depression to a Category 4, the fastest in history. Then it bumped down to a Cat 1. Now we're back to a major hurricane. We have a Category 3. Winds are blowing right now at 115 miles per hour, 335 miles from the coast of Louisiana. So let's talk about what's going to happen as this pushes towards the Louisiana coastline. In fact, we think it's going to get a little stronger, maybe 125 mile per hour winds, but then losing some strength as it comes on shore. All right, it's going to come on shore about 24 hours from now as a Cat 2, maybe a Cat 3. But look at this. Here's the projection, that red line for where the National Hurricane Center thinks landfall will be. This line, less than 15 miles away, is where Laura made its devastating landfall six weeks ago. And look at the wind field. It comes on shore again 24 hours from now. The orange shows you where Cat 3 is. The blue color is tropical storm force winds. And after it makes landfall, the entire state of Louisiana, top to bottom, west to east, filled with tropical storm force winds. But I think the takeaway is this storm makes landfall less than 15 miles from where Laura did and the devastation that, that storm did. Nora? All right. Lonnie, thank you so much for that update. Country singer Morgan Whalen has been dropped from this week's Saturday Night Live after he was seen in a TikTok video not wearing a mask at a crowded bar and house party last weekend in Alabama. The 27-year-old singer said his actions were short-sighted. The Nobel Prize in Literature was awarded today to Yale University professor Louise Glick. She's the first female poet to win the prize since 1996 and the first American since Bob Dylan four years ago. Glick is considered one of the best contemporary poets. Much of her work focuses on childhood and family life. A very close call off the coast of Australia. A great white shark circled within inches of pro surfer Matt Wilkinson before darting away. A chilling encounter was caught on video by a drone that's part of a shark warning system. Wilkinson said the shark would have bitten him, but he says, quote, my stinking little toe must have made it change its mind. He got lucky. 
More than 14 million American children started the school year remotely, many with computers propped up on beds or on dining room tables. But some volunteers are stepping up to change that. Here's CBS's Chip Reed. Gareth Potts and his son are spending weekends helping families they've never even met. We're building desks for underprivileged kids who don't have a desk to uh, study on. Kids who are going to school at home in cramped quarters. Okay, let's get you guys set up. Jess Barellas, a mother of three from Maryland, came up with the idea. So far, 60 people have volunteered to help. What's been really emotional for us is just seeing how many people want to help in a small way and seeing that everyday people can make a difference. It's made a big difference for Khalil and Gabriel, says their mother, Lakia McCoy. Having a desk kind of gives them more space and a space of their own so they're not like sharing. So far, they've delivered 110 desks and there are more than 70 on the waiting list. What is the best part of this for you? There's a lot to feel sad about right now, a lot to feel stressed out about or to worry about, but um, there's also so much good. So much good when a community comes together to help those in need. Chip Reed, CBS News, Gaithersburg, Maryland. And they are planning another desk build later this month. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman's on the road with a baseball story straight out of Field of Dreams. And a reminder, if you can't watch live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We hope to see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.